Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and we made it to Friday, if you're listening to this in real time. I'm on the big road, headed off to work, and I just want to thank you guys for sticking it out with me on the writing podcast. You guys are amazing, Um, and you put up with me and all of my ramblings and all of my challenges, and so you ready? You ready for your Friday challenge? Okay. Now, I want you to make a list of the top five authors that come up in your genre. And there are different ways that you can do this. You can just Google, just go online and um, look in your genre, at at your specific subgenre even. Like if you're a very narrow niche, I need you to go. And find those people. And I need you to look up five authors. And just just bear with me here. I want you to take these five authors and I want you to put them down in your journal. Or I want you to type them in notes or wherever you're putting things on your phone or, or on the computer. And I want you to hold on to these names. I'm going to give you some reasons why it's important because we always need to start with our why or you're just going to think I'm making you do busy work and piddle paddle mess that just gets you down the river. I'm trying to give you things (laughs) that can really impact your life, your communication with others. So the number one reason why is that if you are writing in a particular genre, you need to be well-versed in that genre. If you go to, you know, names that are not widely known and they do not have a high reader base and you read them that's fine don't get me wrong we need to be reading you know wide I understand that but if you look up like the top five you're more likely one to understand you know what publishers are looking at what agents are looking at how editors are doing things, the top editors, then when you have that in your arsenal, in your toolbox, you also have a way to talk to people about books. And so let's say you pick A Magical Christmas Wedding to read, and I and I would love you for that. That's my book. But because this is just my first year in the industry, there might not be a lot of people that know about that book. 
you can read that book and support me, which I say thank you in advance. If you want to read holiday romance, if that's something that you're really interested in writing, whether it's for a quick NaNoWriMo and release in December, or you're wanting to go ahead and do it for next year. But if you read the people that are out there like Nancy Nagel, and she has like Christmas and Evergreen and all of her not all of them, but many of her books have been turned into Hallmark movies. Like, if you are looking for what is getting the mass appeal, then you need to find the top five holiday romance authors and read those people. And then read mine. Because that way, when you're talking to other people, you could say, you know what? Have you ever read a book by such and such? And you can call out this name and you may get the response back. Oh, yes. You can connect that way with a reader. Then you can, like, name drop mine if you want. And you can say, well, hey, Jen Lowry, have you heard of her? She's, she's a new author. She's got this book out. <laughs> and so that is the way that you can pull in lesser-known authors into your top five and you can give recommendations for people in the genre. There is nothing like talking with someone and calling out an author's name and watching their face light up. You know you've just done something. You know that you're just speaking their language. You have found a connection. Well, if you don't read those and really investigate these authors and, and you know, stay within their worlds for a while, you might miss these opportunities. You can silo read. You know, you can read one book here, one book there. But doing a daily study, and you know where this challenge is going now, you can start piecing it together, can really impact you. Not just with your communication skills, okay, with readers. So now that's a number one. Oh, there's a rig. Guys. for those people and all of the EMS and emergency um, people and families. All right. Okay, so there's not just the reason why that you could connect with people and start striking up conversations about books. But two, you need to see what publishers and editors are doing in books. Because you can read this obscure blog article Okay, and this blog article from whoever this person is, XYZ, could sit there and tell you advice. And then you can pick up The Prisoner of Azkaban, James and the Giant Peach, Fiona and Ulysses, and you can pick up well-known books. You're talking about books that are widely loved, millions of copies sold kind of books. And then that person's blog advice, there's no way to it anymore. You're holding the published books in your hand. You're starting to see patterns. You're starting to see things that stand out to you. And I'm going to be honest, they could stand out to you with a silo read. You might be good like that, and I applaud you, and I wish I had your skill. <laughs> but because I don't, and because I have found value in living in Kate DiCamillo's world, I'm still living in it, by the way. I'm going to talk to you about that. Um, I have found 
a greater sense of the writing craft, the actual art of writing, and the art of heart storytelling. And that's who I am. I want to be, I aspire to be art storytelling right from the heart. Like, truly just that. You know, this doesn't mean that that I don't want great literary works of fiction that can last the test of time. But I want to write a story that just lives in a heart like she said that it matters showing up matters and our books matter that and that's what I strive for as an author bottom line I'm very um short and to the point on that short in real life and short and to the point on that so so guys here's what I want you to do list your top five that you want to read and so if you're looking into my world and you're saying, "Okay, Jennifer, what's going on? What what are your th- what are your thoughts?" Well, 2020 may be shaping up a little differently than I would have ever imagined because I have been very reflective over the course of this year. One, 2020 holds all kinds of new doors and opportunities for me that I don't even know yet. And so I still have to remain open to the blank page. So even though I'm making a plan, Okay, that doesn't mean that this plan is, you know, going to go through, and it it may not. It might totally switch. The Holy Spirit might drop something in my spirit, and you know, say, okay, this is it. This is your next adventure. I had a reader email me the other day and said, okay, I'm just waiting on your sci-fi. Can you please write a sci-fi? And I'm like, um, sci-fi genre, and we're we're I just. I've never read sci-fi except one book. That was the Nixia series from Scott Rankin. And it's because he's a local teacher who came to our school. Um, I've never read a sci-fi after that um, or before that. Uh, don't watch sci-fi movies. I'm, I'm not well versed in the genre. Yes, I do read Star Wars. But I can argue that it is a sci-fi and a fantasy. A <laughs> um, little bit. little bit. No, um, sci-fi. So I can say I never read any of the Star Wars work, but um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and so, so my husband is all about that sci-fi. Like he's a Star Trek, uh, old school Star Wars. Like my husband loves sci-fi. He could write the book, not me. Um, and so let me get back to saying, you know, who knows what 2020 is going to hold? I'm not going to do that never say never kind of stuff. My mom always told me that wasn't a good way to go. And so just being open. However, I know where my heart just gets just all warm and gushy and gooey and where I love to read. I have found it. I bet you guys know what I'm about to say. I wish we had like a game show right now and you could say guess the genre. (laughs) Because I know that you guys would um, pick children's literature for me. And especially middle grades, that juvenile fiction area, it's just an ooh and an ah for me. So, I also loved writing Dear God, Please Take Care of Rambo and Myrtle's Garden. I'm really about the, the children's, children's picture books, too. I, I'm really looking at 2020. I'm really thinking that that's where I may focus my attention. You hear where I use these words, may and might, just because the Lord is going to do what the Lord does with my work. And and I'm very, um, 
thankful to the Lord in advance for whatever He sees fit for my work. I'm just a willing and open vessel. God, use me for your work. Let me be your hands and your feet. And so I say that prayer, but then I tell you, I am going to be living in children's lit for a long time. So this is what I want to challenge you to do. Make your list of top five and know them. Okay, watch some YouTube videos about them speaking. Go and see if you can find some current author interviews. It would be really cool if you could just start there. So as you know, this challenge can build. So I can lay out the whole plan for you um, if you want to listen to it. Um, I'm, I'm down for doing it like right now. Like the first thing I want you to do is learn about these authors. I want you to um, just go on the internet, look for transcripts, look for articles. Me personally, I'm a YouTuber. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my channel yet, I do have a very low subscription rate. If you guys go over to Jen Lowry Writes, Everyday Mom Challenge, um, and subscribe to my channel, you'll see some author interviews there. You'll see the Katie Camillo interview that we did. But I love looking at videos and watching authors talk about what they do. If I would have had that growing up, because I was such a huge Stephen King fan in my early teens, and I would have listened to him, and I would have had his book on writing, and if I would have, you know, really had that opportunity to hear Stephen King, I might have done this in a different way growing up. I might have pursued my writing passions in a newfound way, um, but because I didn't have access to his life and his words of wisdom, I just had his books that I just knew I was the, an avid reader. Um, but I think us listening to authors and hearing about their author journeys is really powerful for us. And so I suggest that you do that. Check out videos of these top five. So after you've researched them, you make a list and you write them down. The next thing you do is you go and you research. You can pick one author to do at a time. You do not have to do all five. And so, Kate DiCamillo is where I started. And guys, I'm still in her world. I cannot stop. I want to read every single book she's ever written in her life. <laughs> Starting with Because of Winn-Dixie. Okay, that was her first one. And so, after, so I've got those down and I've got her middle grades down. And so, I'm reading Fiona and Ulysses. I started it last night before going to bed. And I have started a wonderful routine is um, after homeschooling. And yes, you know, we're reading in homeschooling too. So I read with my students during the day. I read with my son at night. And then I'm reading for my own personal pleasure before going to sleep. And so that gives me three books a day. So I am immersed. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh. <laughs> I read a children's picture, excuse me, a children's picture book yesterday in Best Buddies Book Club. It looked like spilt milk. If you want to go and check out my Instagram and look at the, the book cover. And, and you guys can follow me on the Jen Lowry author Facebook and see how best book, uh, best, 
little Best Buddies Book Club goes each Thursday and what activities and what books we're reading to our students with special needs in the ID Moderate class. My students are reading children's picture books with them and then they're doing arts and crafts and games to accompany the book just to bring the joy of reading back into the hearts of, of my students and sharing that love with someone else. So, power of books, guys, power of books to bring people together. I just can't tell you enough. And so, if you want to see the children's books and things that we're picking um, and the ones that I'm using as read-alouds, there's another book I'm reading every week. And so, I'm really immersed in the book world because of my job. It really helps me out. You know, being a teacher is a wonderful job for those of us who are writers just because we have excuses to read children's books every day like we wouldn't need one. Go to the library, check them out, sit in the little tiny chair at the table. Do it. Do it for me. Okay, so you've got your five names. You've researched them, right? You, you've picked one, and you're starting to do author study on them. And so you're going to watch some author interviews, and you're going to hear you know, what matters to them, and uh, you're going to learn a little bit more about their biographies that they do release, and then you're going to get into their books, and so that means making a list of books and then prioritizing, and I would prioritize based on their popularity, and so that way, let's say, okay, I started with the Newberry. I started with The Tale of Despero. When I went into her world, of course, that's the first one I'm going to pick. I picked the Tale of Despero, but then I wanted to do the Three Rancheros. And guys, it was one of the best experiences of me reading books. Because once I moved from, from the Tale of Despero, got into the Three Rancheros, Beverly right here is going to be one of my top ten books of all time ever. And I'm just going to put plus her collection. Um, I've got to go in and, and readjust my top 10 list on my blog. So, so after you do this, this is where it becomes the author craft study. So I want you to make a chart. I want you to make a chart or I want you to take notes. Now you can do it two ways. You can do old school journal notes. You can get online and um, you can go to Google Docs and you can create a folder and you can call it your book club, your book study, whatever you're deciding to do. You can get friends to join you with this. And you can challenge them. And so that's what I decided to do for the month of November. Is to challenge my friends to go on this journey with me. So for October, it was all about Kate. Now I'm still reading Kate on my own. I did not take notes the first time around. I just read for entertainment and enjoyment and pleasure, and I learned so much, okay? It's almost like the seeds have been planted. However, if I'm going to do this with friends, I was like, why don't we do this as an author study and actually do it like we're taking like a course? Like, we're going to have questions. What are we looking for? What are some key points that we're needing to look at author's craft, and, and how do we want to shape the book club? So, I picked Roald Dahl. Um, if you guys have just picked up on the podcast with me, um, you know that um, I mentioned that I homeschool at night. So, my child, we're getting ready to go to Thanksgiving break. Okay, so there, there's going to be some time. We just finished The Prisoner of Azkaban. 
and he wanted to go straight into the goblet of fire. Then we looked at Lyric Harper, and he was like, no, I want to read Lyric. So we read my book. It's a fantasy. He loved it. He especially loved the battle scenes, and Mush is his favorite character, which is only introduced at the very end. He loved it, except the singing, minus the high school musical type part, okay? So, I will tell you, that was his critique of the book. Take all the singing out, all the references to music and dancing, and I love the book, Mama. Um, hilarious, right? So, he plays piano. He does not sing. But he loves music, but he didn't like it reading about it. He said it was the word cringe when he had to read when Daria was like, okay, you know, let's let's get up, and, you know, and dance and everything. It's like 1985. They're break dancing. He would love it if he saw the movie, right? <laughs> okay, so let me go back and say, after we finished Lyric, it's like we don't have a lot of time. So what do we do in this amount of time? Um, so we decided to go back and pick books that he loves, pick stories, pick movies. So the, on his favorites list, he has Matilda and James and the Giant Peach. And I'm like, okay, well, let's start. So we'll start with James and the Giant Peach. So we started that in homeschool. I started looking up again about Roald Dahl. I've read The Witches before. I've read James and the Giant Peach with Solomon. I've never read Matilda um, I've read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I also have Charlie and the Glass Elevator. So I have a lot of these books anyway for personal from when Solomon was young. So he's my 17-year-old baby now and senior. Oh, my gosh. And so here I am, you know, pulling out these books. And I'm going, well, we'll do a Roll Doll study. And then Sam is going to be a part of the study too. So he's going to help me talk through these books through the eyes of a child which is also going to give me a different perspective in a book study. Because if I would have thought of this, we would have read Because of Winn-Dixie together. We would have done all this. But but I read Because of Winn-Dixie in two hours. In homeschool, it would take us a lot longer because we have so much discussion about books. I don't know how many I could have gotten through before her interview. Um, but right now, with Roald Dahl and the other person that's in my club, they want to just do a small chunk of the, the work so people can catch in and catch up. Um, I can do that with Sam because we're already way past. Um, we're like on chapter 30, and we only needed to read up to chapter 7. That lets you know how quick this book is to read. So what we did yesterday is we did a Google Hangout. And I've got to learn all of this technology. I've never done a Google Hangout before other than um, doing video calls with my husband when we were dating. My husband and I met online, and we did the um, Google Hangout. But since then, you've got to think, guys, that was um, four years ago. And so with me, you know, I send out the invites. They're saying they're not getting them. You know, I'm sending the emails and I'm like, okay, got to figure out a better way. So then they, then one popped in. And so we actually had a book club yesterday from four to five 30 and we talked Roald Dahl and we talked children's literature. And it was great to be able to talk this out with somebody. So my challenge to you is to find someone that would be willing to go on this ride with you and read the books with you. 
Now, the only drawback of that is that you might have a different reading pace than other people. So you just do your pace and you stay in it and you just tell people this is what I could give or this is how I gave more time and I'm sorry, but I can't, I had to read. Um, but I can go through, read at my own pace, finish the book, come back in and then pick up and have discussions and have book discussions. So we created a Google Doc where we're going to take notes and we get to share them out with people that are in our group. And we can type together real time on it. So that way, if somebody misses it, they'll get to see the typing. But we're taking a chart note um, idea. And I talked with this. I, I formulated everything and I put it up as a template. And then I was like, if you guys want to switch this up, they're like, no, 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 we like the chart. And I'm like, okay, because me, I, I, I'm such a messy uh, note taker. So I thought the chart would be better for organization, but I'm not going to force that on people because I could freehand reflection notes too. And they were like, no, we like the chart. So the chart was set up where you put down the chapter, you put down the scene, the line, the phrase, or whatever it is, you know, you have a box for that. And then you put your thoughts, feelings, you know, your takeaway from that. What emotions did it do? What surprised you? What shocked you? Um, how did, you know, just how did it make you feel? You know, I put all of these emotional type words because that's where we need to live to get to the heart of the, the story. And then what can we learn from it? And so if you think about a book as a big old heart, it lives in emotion. Uh, it's got to take the reader through an emotion. And so if, if our books, if we're critiquing our books ourselves and we say there's not enough here, then that means, uh-oh, we've really got to investigate what can we do to, to bring it more hard. Um, and that's what I need to do in 2020. It's going to really be a heart check of my, of my writing and really tapping in. And I'm, I'm so grateful and, and I can't go back for my books in 2019. I love how each one, how the Lord gave me each one. And I feel like that there is heart in them. Um, but when I'm doing the editing phases for 2020, I'm also going to look for this roller coaster of heart, the heart, you know, how is the heart affected by these things, by what's happening? So, so I say that, um, and maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit because if I think about my boyfriend's back, I know how I started that book. Um, tomorrow or this afternoon on the ride home, it's according to, to uh, if I get to make a podcast this afternoon or not, I'm going to talk about things that I've learned from the uh, first seven chapters of Roll Doll. I'll probably go ahead and, and, and just start talking more than seven because I told you where we are at homeschool. We've got like 40 pages left. Um, in the book, and we just started it. Um, and so I want to really share with you guys some things that I've learned. So the next ones are going to be about the children's lit world. And then you can take away from it, though, because I'm going to be talking about author's craft. You can apply that to your own life, your own writing. So I challenge you, who are your five? Now, I went through and, and I looked at my five, and I know that it's Kate DiCamillo is number one. I'm still working through her work. I'm still going through that. The next the next one is going to, like you to see, is Roll Doll. When I leave Roll Doll, I'm going into E.B. White. Okay. When I move, because Stuart Little will one day, will always be something that I will be able to share with, with my grandchildren forever. Because I read that both to Solomon and Samuel 
um, I read it to Solomon first. When Samuel was growing up, Solomon wanted to reread it with his brother. So we read it together as a family. I will never forget those times. Um, Stuart Little forever. Um, so E.B. White has to come next. Okay, and then when I move from E.B. White, I have made a list of authors that I would love to pull back. So I have Judy Bloom on the list because I would love to go back and experience her work as an adult, um, as an author. Uh, I read Judy Bloom when I was young. Those are classics. Uh, I need to have them back into my vocabulary. So I may... Um, investigate Judy Bloom. I may look at Lemony Snicket's work. I'm, I'm considering Lemony Snicket just because um, the series of unfortunate events is a, is a book um, collection that my children at school always bring up and talk about as they're one of their favorites. I also have not explored all of the worlds of Rick Reardon. I have read the Percy Jackson uh, book one and two. After the Sea of Monsters, we didn't read past that. So we did The Lightning Thief and Sea of Monsters. But Rick Reardon is such a beloved author, even to my ninth graders and beyond. I see high school students carrying around his books. So I'm really considering thinking uh, to study that. I do have to finish the Harry Potter world. Uh, like you've heard me say, I just finished my favorite book so far from the series is The Prisoner of Azkaban. My favorite book, my favorite movie, hands down. Um, and so I've got, you know, I've still got books to read in that series. So I may do a J.K. Rowling adventure. But as you can see, the names that I'm dropping here are top names in children's lit in middle grades fiction. And that's where I'm going to live. Um. There are some silo books that I want to read. Um, I do want to read work by Lois Lowry. So Lois Lowry is on my list to read. She wrote The Giver, if you've not ever read that. Um, so we've got Number of the Stars. We've got The Island of the Blue Dolphin is a book that I've always wanted to read, and I haven't. So there's like so many books out there that I already know. They're classics. I want to get hold of those. And it's not to say that I'm not going to pick up a new a new author and read their work. I say that's how you can weave in talking about it and seeing what people are doing now that's new. So I'm not against that. But what I do want to do is read the depth of the literature, the depth of the children's literature market. And I want to go deep and I want to go back because these are books that are still being discussed in circles, in adult circles, in children's circles. And that is a connection, guys, that can bring us together. Talking about the books that we love can bring us together. And so I'm challenging you to do that. And so I've given you out my list of the people that I wrote down. As you can see, uh, I, I had more than five, but I've already wrote them down. I shared them with the book club. Um, we're going to do, um, every Thursday, we're going to check in and we're going to discuss children's literature. And what I found yesterday was I had read Kate's work and I'd read The Hobbit. The other person I was with, they'd read Lemony Snicket. And so when we are, and they had read Harry Potter with me. And so when we're talking, we can also say, well, I noticed now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking back on how she did cap letters, bold, slant, 
exclamation point in Prisoner of Azkaban when I saw all this blog stuff that says, don't do it, don't do it. And here we are again. I'm looking at italics in James and the Giant Peach. Um, these are from the big time editors. I'm not listening to that blog post. <laughs> I'm going to write it and format it in the way that it fits. Not to be obnoxious and not to overstate and not to be a distractor, but when it fits. And I think that's where we've got to learn the fine line of all of this work. Um, but if I wouldn't have been living in these worlds and seeing how, you know, James and the Giant Peach uses parentheses, and then here we go. I'm reading a Newberry right now, Fiona and Ulysses, and there's the parentheses. And I'm like, I love it. I love these little side notes. Um, definitely going to investigate using those. I've never done that in my work. Why not? I guess because I felt like I didn't have the freedom. Now I'm seeing that I can have the freedom to do, the freedom to be, and um, expand myself a little bit more. And so I'm telling you, I wouldn't have known this if I wouldn't be doing these studies like this. So goodbye, adult literature. <laughs> I shall not be listening to you or, or, or navigating towards you for a while. And so if you want to join me in my world, let's do James and the Giant Peach together and we can talk about it. And you can email me and... Um, and I can share my notes with you uh, if you would like that. I can just make a copy of, of my notes and um, share them along with you guys. Make them as an attachment and an email. So I hope to hear from you guys soon. I hope you take this challenge. I want to see who your top five people are. So here's the accountability. You are going to find me. Either you're going to email me, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com, or you're going to find me on Twitter, and you're going to tag me. It's Jen Lowry Writes. You're going to go to Facebook. You'll message me wherever it is you live. <laughs> um, you're going to get me on LinkedIn. And you're going to message me. And you're going to say, I listen to your podcast. You're a crazy lady. But I love you. And I love you too. And I'm praying for you. And here are my five. <laughs> and you're going to give me your five. Because, hey, and if it's in the children's lit, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't think of that person. Why not? Thank you. So send me your five. And then tell me your favorite children's literature books. Because I, I probably need to either silo read them or just have them on my list. So, yes, I have a list. I encourage you to do one, too. And I'll talk with you guys later. Happy Friday. And I hope that you have a very productive writing day. Meet your goals. Do what you can do. Push your goals into the next day with what you didn't do. But always have a plan and try your best to go after that with a passion put to good use. All right, guys. Y'all have a blessed day. Bye. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it. I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.